step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. We've finally moved past our spooky holidays and are hopping right into our turkey and wintry-filled ones. 2020 has been a difficult year for lots of us, so I'm hoping that these holidays give you the ability to be thankful and find a little joy in an otherwise very tumultuous time. Okay, ready to get spooked? Our first heartbreaking story comes from Face520, who has a family member comforting them during troubling times. When I was in my early 20s, my father was diagnosed with cancer. I do not recall which one specifically, as by the time the cancer was found, it was all over his body. He continued to live his life as best as he could, but over time, his health began to decline. It took copious amounts of pain medication just for him to get through the day, and he was beginning to barely eat or drink. It was around this time that he began to wake up in the middle of the night to apparitions at the foot of his bed. He would later explain that my late uncles were visiting him and telling him that he should come with them. I'm a firm believer in the paranormal, and when I heard that this was happening, I figured his time on this earth was coming to an end. This was something I was having a hard time coping with, as I simply could not comprehend that my father was dying. At the same time, his doctor was stating that the chemotherapy medications were helping and that there was a chance he could beat the cancer. But I believe my father knew a lot more than he let on. Although there may have been hope, he was in an extreme amount of pain, and he probably sensed his time was running short. The evening before he passed, he asked for an extra dose of his pain medication, which should have tipped my family off that he was in worse shape than he let us know. 
everything seemed normal as we went to bed that night. That night, my mother moved to the living room couch, which was a fairly common occurrence as my father always snored heavily. Around 4 a.m. that evening, she went to check on my father, and his body felt cold. In a state of panic, she ran to wake me up since I was the eldest and my siblings probably could not handle the situation as well as I could. I quickly called 911 and gave instructions to my mother that were given to me by the dispatcher on the phone. As my mother desperately proceeded to give him CPR, I just so happened to see something in the corner of my eye. I glanced in that direction to see what was there and I could not believe my eyes. Standing in the far corner of the bedroom was my father. He stood there watching us with his hands clasped behind his back, which is how he stood when he was thinking or waiting for something or someone. He was staring directly at me and there was a transparency to him. I could see right through him. I looked back down to his body to make sure I was actually seeing the sight before my eyes, unable to process what my eyes were showing me. I glanced up again and he was still there, smiling a mischievous smile at me, like this secret was between us. His presence was incredibly comforting. This particular experience seemed like a confirmation that he was going to a better place, as well as proof of the existence that there is something after death. My attention was broken as the paramedics arrived and began knocking on the front door. When I looked back, his apparition was gone. Everything afterwards was the experience of anyone who has had to deal with a death in the family. Police asking the details of what happened, my family and I comforting each other, and trying to cope with what happened. Later that morning, family members began to come by the house, giving their condolences and offering to help in any way that they could. At this point, I was exhausted, so I decided it was time to try to get more sleep. As I lay in my bed trying to comfort myself, occasionally wiping away the tears from my grief, I would feel my father's comforting presence once again. Although I was unable to see him this time, I did feel his hands lightly grasp mine. I feel it was his way of letting me know that he was okay, as well as a way of saying his final goodbye. Wow, that's a beautiful story, Phase 520. A little bit different from the traditional stories we get on this show. You can tell from these final moments that your dad truly cared for you and probably watches over you wherever he may be now. Our second story comes from Scurred Little Witch, who seems to encounter two ghostly apparitions the night that they spread their boyfriend's grandparents' ashes. But these apparitions don't seem to be the grandparents at all. Last week, my boyfriend, his family, and I went to scatter the ashes of his grandparents. It was very emotional. The night was stormy, and we were all huddled on the harbor wall where they had made many memories over the years. The sounds were unreal. Waves crashed around us on either side, and the wind howled. If it hadn't been our last chance, I would have said, hell no. My boyfriend and I got home the following night. We sat on the bed and I grabbed a bag that had all of our holiday purchases. 
In this bag, I noticed a smaller bag that contained a few of the remaining ashes. I asked him if he wanted to see it, and he did. He placed the bag on top of a box shelf that had a few other spooky items on it. Not that his grandparents are spooky, that's just where he put them. We looked at our stuff, ate some comfort chocolate, and went to sleep. Or at least I thought we did. I'm a light sleeper, the kind of person who has to wake up to turn over. I laid there for a while awake, but eyes closed. I got the feeling that something was watching me. I opened my eyes to prove there was nothing there, but I was wrong. I have awful eyesight and the room was dark, but I saw something. It was a hooded figure, a woman it seemed, standing by the shelf where the ashes were. I closed my eyes as quickly as I could and held my breath. I thought I had fallen asleep. I thought I was dreaming. I started hearing a voice whispering and then found myself in a weird space. Total darkness. I couldn't feel my body anymore. It was like I had suddenly fallen into a deep sleep. I looked around the dark room and found two figures standing there, but I couldn't quite make them out. The whispering voice seemed to be taunting me because I couldn't quite work out their faces. The figures kept changing and the voices were saying, you don't even remember what they look like. Eventually, I realized it was my boyfriend's grandparents standing there staring at me. Suddenly, my great-grandma was there too, all of them looking at me like I wasn't supposed to be there. And then I started to feel my body again, and I had one eye slightly open. I could see what was happening, but I couldn't move. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't hear my heart. I could have sworn I was dead or dying. It was so scary, but I couldn't do anything or ask for help. I could feel my boyfriend stroking my arm, but I couldn't do anything. All I wanted to do was scream. I don't know what happened or how it happened, but I came around and I rolled onto my back and laid there for a second before my boyfriend, who was sobbing, asked me if I was okay. I told him, I think I just died. And he, a fully grown man, jumped out of bed and turned the light on in a total panic saying, no, stop, I feel weird, I feel weird, this feels weird. I thought that was it. I thought I had died and just broken the illusion that I was supposed to hold up. You know the idea that the universe only exists because you do? That thought filled my brain and I couldn't do anything. I wanted to cry so badly, but I couldn't find the energy. Right before he turned the light on, I saw the hooded woman again. He went straight through her. We slept with the light on since last night was the first night we turned it off, and we still had the landing light on. We spoke about it the next morning. He also saw the woman, but she was poised, ready to get him. He said he felt like she was strangling him. He thought I had died too and was genuinely heartbroken, using all of his energy to bring me back. I couldn't believe it. It was the scariest thing that has ever happened to me, and I feel so emotionally numb towards it all. I've been on edge ever since. Every bump or creak makes me jump. 
there's a painting of a face in our dining room that has made me scream because I forgot it was there. Today I just found out that the exact point where we spread the ashes, two people died last night and it made my stomach turn. Like somehow the thing that was there with us on Friday night was a part of the deaths of those people. It has shaken me to my core. I just needed to tell someone this story because it has been eating me on the inside. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Wow, Skurr's Little Witch, talk about two insensitive entities. As if the moment itself wasn't already a grief-stricken one. You had to deal with these things as well. Now, I hope that you and your boyfriend have found some peace. Maybe think about getting rid of that face painting as well. It does not sound like a good time. Now, our third story comes from Beautiful Broken Glass, who has a number of unexplained phenomena that occurs at one of his many work sites. Seeing how it was recently Halloween, I wanted to share with you all a true story from my patrol days as a mobile security unit. Now, I know that me saying mobile security that you're probably thinking mall cops, and some days it did feel like that, but we also dealt with home invasions, domestic disputes, and very violent, intoxicated people. When responding to home and business break-ins to assess the situation to see if police were needed, 90% of the time it was BS. Other times, it was scary as F. I got this job at a small company with four patrol cars and two lead alarm responders. Eventually, I worked my way up to a lead patrol officer with 20 people under me. Sight people, the mobile unit, and all the alarm response and trespassing calls. Before that, I started on the lowest mobile route, which was West Eugene in Oregon. The outskirts of town are mostly industrial and commercial with some neighborhoods. I'd start at 7 p.m. and end at 5.30 to 6 a.m., I got to know the other guys and women pretty well, joking over the radio and avoiding the tight-ass patrol leads that liked to follow us and make sure we were doing our job. Each site has its own personality. We'd stop by each site three times a night and remove campers, drunks, teens doing drugs, whatever. Some sites were creepy. Giant sawmills at night with owls flying around in the warehouses that made you jump but there was one site that was quite unlike any of the others. One night, it was my job to drop off the walkie-talkie to a site guy I had become good friends with. Let's call me 926 and him 950, our radio codenames. 
Site 950 was outside of town a little ways, secluded next to a huge wetland field and three cemeteries. It was a huge site with probably 50 acres total. It had two big buildings, all glass square and separated from one another. One was an office building and the other a manufacturing building surrounded by a field. Then there was a creek, a dead forest, and the parking lot overlooking the field behind the driveway up. The loading dock faced the wetlands and cemetery about a quarter mile away. Finally, there was a community area with volleyball courts and barbecue pits that sat between the buildings. Usually, he always parked on the loading dock side, the area with the most light. I'd come by on lunches and breaks to hang out and talk music, art, whatever. He was a really cool guy. We often debated supernatural things as well. He didn't believe in God, but did believe in ghosts. Okay, so here's where the story really begins. After getting a couple more guys in our group, we found a cool spot to hang out by the creek, usually around 1 a.m. After getting a couple more guys in our group, we found a cool spot to hang out by the creek, usually around 1 a.m. We found a memorial stone under a tree with 16 names written on it. We thought that was odd. All glass buildings means you can see everything going on on the inside from the outside. Despite seeing people in the building, the motion sensors never tripped and all the doors were locked. Winter was coming and fog was rolling out. That's when the activity really began to pick up. We started hearing horses' hooves clopping in the parking lot and field beyond. There were no farms or horses actually out there, just fields with air vents coming out, hinting at an underground structure to 950. One night, 950 calls me up. He says he is actively looking for someone on the grounds and needs help catching them. When I arrive, it's foggy as hell, like I can't see 20 feet in front of me. I see someone running behind the farther building and proceed to drive after him slowly through a gravel road that loops around by the tree and creek. I made my way around the building to the parking lot, only to find my confused coworker. I asked him, what's going on? He says that he saw several shadows moving around the courtyard, so he thought people were trespassing. He heard voices, then they just vanished. There is only one way into the property, and I drove it. We made our way back to his car by the loading dock. We got out and started talking. Out of the mist came this faint, low-toned music, like Dracula playing a recorder. It was faint and coming from the marshlands and cemetery, of course. But then it started playing behind us on the other side of the building. We started hearing footsteps on the pavement as the drawn out flat recorders played louder, echoing around us like some ghost kid orchestra from hell. It made us feel sick. We ran around the building chasing footsteps and voices, trying to figure out where the music was coming from, but it was everywhere and nowhere. Whenever we thought we got close, we'd hear it far away from us again. I called the other units to head over. For some reason, I was convinced people were messing with us, even though it made no sense. It was impossible. Two hours we ran around the entire property, but as soon as the fog died, so did everything else. 
It was like one of those surreal moments. Your body is so chill and icy like it knows something you don't. Something is off about this place, and this confirms it, but it didn't stop with that. No, it wasn't long before one night 950 called me up, said the cops arrived and needed to talk to me in person. I'm close enough I get out fast and ask what the issue is. He says they got a 911 call from this location. I was confused, looked at 950 and asked, did you call them? No, he said, we don't have any issues. The cop says, weird because the call actually came from inside the building. I looked at 950, no issues, no alarms? No, he says. We take a walk around the building and look inside but see nothing. We even opened the doors, checked out the main room, called out but found nothing. We tripped the motion alarms going inside ourselves, so there's no way someone got into the building. I file a report for the police and my company and we call it a weird day, thinking nothing of it. Until it happens again and again and again. These cops are so confused. Not even a glitch could cause this to happen. They started tracing the call to one phone, a phone just outside the doorway hanging on the wall and perfectly visible through the windows. This shouldn't be happening, but it did. No one ever talks ever, but the line stays open until dispatch ends it. This happened 30 times in the three years I was on my shifts. It happens about once a month randomly and the time is also random. It continued to happen even after I left and some of my buddies stayed on. As I took a better role in the company, I wasn't as available to witness anything more at that location, besides talking with police about the phone calls. My new shift ended at 1.30am since I became the daytime lead. I actually grew up really close to this place and often use a bike path that follows the creek that gates it off for walkers. It's so weird because I was close to the cemetery and then, years later, I would patrol it at night. Sometimes I had to cover the shift and stayed there myself. Every year we would find at least a couple of homeless people that died of the cold weather or starvation camping far out into the wetlands. Whatever is going on here is very strange and very surreal. I will never forget that night and the nauseating music of the fog and all the 911 calls that don't make sense. Okay, beautiful broken glass, thank you for sharing your very creepy story. Now, if you wouldn't mind letting me know where this site is, I will gladly stay away from it going forward. If not, I'll just leave Oregon off my list to visit forever, so thanks. Well, that does it for this episode. If you'd like to submit your own spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me at hauntedpod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore haunted, Instagram at it's haunted what now, or at hauntedpod.com. Production assistance provided by Rebecca Lopez and Brett Hobbs. Spooky tune creator and composer for the show is Nico at We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or WeTalkOfDreams.com. 
and the audio engineering provided by the best in the business, Chez at Gray Multimedia. Until next time. Did you hear that?